Welcome to Victory, the podcast. I'm Doug Allen. I'm Kevin Dillon. Victory! All right. Dougie? So, we're up to episode three. And we're going to go back and forth on different things because I'm going to bring one of our best. Yeah, and we're going to bring in some. Uh, we're going to bring in Rob Weiss. We're going to try to get Larry Charles nice, too, and nice. we'll talk about him because that's when they they really came in after the pilot and really yeah. you know had had the first season, which is some interesting stuff. But what I want to tell the audience a little bit about who Larry Charles is and Rob Weiss. So. The show gets picked up after a pilot that, like I said, takes a year and a half of torture. And then they say, go hire some TV writers. So like a smart person would do, you go find experienced TV writers. Dumb person goes and <laughs> finds you. his good friend from junior high school, which was Rob Weiss. I'm like, oh, there's okay, only, you I'm like, there's only one guy in this town I know who kind of talks like me and thinks like me a little bit. Yeah, so yeah. I called Rob Weiss, who who became the model for Billy Walsh, okay? And I actually offered Rob to play that part, which, love Rob to death, but thank God we got Reese Coyro to play uh, that part because he was so genius. Good. But uh, I bring in Rob Weiss, and then HBO brings Larry Charles to me, and I'm like, we can get Larry Charles, who's Seinfeld, mm-hmm. Curb Your Enthusiasm, goes on to do Borat, and is just a legend. genius. He's legend. just a legend. And that's how we started. So we'll bring them in, hopefully, and we'll talk about them. Talk show. There was one thing I wanted to talk to before we even got into that. And that's, I watched Once Upon a Time in Hollywood for about the 14th time last night, which is absolutely genius. But there is one thing we got to talk about. You know, I mean, there, there's a scene in that movie. I mean, it is legitimately, Leo is doing the exact same thing that Johnny Drama did in the Episode where he was with Ed Burns. Did you see this? I saw it right away. I Right away, I felt like, wow, this is like what I was doing in the trailer. For anyone who doesn't remember, I don't remember what episode it is, but uh, Johnny Drama is looking in the mirror with such My self My career's hatred. over. I'm done. I'm a has-been. You blah, call yourself blah, blah, blah. a bitch. A little yeah, bitch a little right bitch. in the mirror. <laughs> and Leo does the same thing. And Kevin, did He's, you? Leo's been stealing my shit for years. <laughs> Quentin's been stealing my stuff, too. <laughs> there you, you know? go. So, but Kevin, you saw it? Did you see this or not? Did you catch I it? I saw it. Yeah, I'm, listen, I thought about it, too. Yeah. I thought about it. You can't not if you worked on Entourage. The reality is there's been a couple of movies. Sideways. Also, I, I mean this sincerely. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood to me is genius, you know, mm-hmm. and great Kevin, movie. we talked about it, whether they could have cut it short or not, but honestly, I've seen it 12 times now. And it's one of those movies, like all of Quentin's, all of Scorsese movies, yeah. you could just pick it up at any point in the movie. Yeah. And it's just, well, that's where it's not too long. And you could put that movie on at any point and yep. just yeah. watch it. But I will say this two legendary movies about legendary B, even C level actors, which is, once Upon a Time in Hollywood, mm-hmm. Sideways. And I can say that now as I sit back and not talk about my writing, but what you created with some guidance from me, go right up there with those movies to me. Like Johnny Drama is what everyone thinks about. And a couple of things I wanted to talk about before we jump into the talk show, and I want to talk about your talk show experiences and Kevin Connolly's The talk well. show being the name of the episode? The talk three? show is yes. the name of the episode yes. three. The episode? Yeah. Okay. But I want to talk about your talk show experiences, but also want to talk about because we've written and you've acted some great, audition scenes. Yes, yes. And I want to know how realistic was some of that stuff? Oh, very. Thank God you actually had been through an audition. So you knew what it was like because it's a really intense situation. And the ones you wrote were amazing. There's stories about Oliver Stone auditions. And I don't know if you stole that or not, but I've heard that, you know, he would answer the phone when someone was doing an audition. He would and uh, yeah. no, I never heard to that. To see how you would react, like take a call to see how you yeah. would react, just to fucking or just he didn't yeah, give a shit, or, or <laughs> didn't, yeah. All of a sudden, you, you're not killing it, so I'm going to answer this call. <laughs> you know, what? I was sadly known for being. I was because I knew what a difficult thing it was, and the truth is, for all actors out there, directors, whatever, at least eighty percent of the time when the person walks in the room, 
you've already made up your mind. And even if their acting is great, and we had some amazing actors who went on to become huge stars, come in for different roles, that they just weren't the right person for that yeah. role, but they were for somebody else. But a lot of times, and the actor has worked really hard, and I know what they're going through the night before. So I try so my out of best. respect. Out of respect. You just, you'll watch. You won't answer the phone. You won't work on your But there's some people, I, by the way, there's some people <laughs> I worked with and Connolly could talk about it because he was in an audition where they were looking at their computers, looking at their phones, telling him he looked like his fucking father and all that shit. And it's <laughs> it's it's very uncomfortable. And you, you want to give people the benefit of doubt if they don't overstay their welcome, whatever. The odds are so stacked against you. You could go in and kill it, you know, and, and you're just not the guy. Right. Sometimes you're just yeah. not the guy. Right. Doesn't matter. Right. I can have a great audition, <laughs> right. but I'm not yeah. gonna. You know, it's just the way it goes. You right. know. Okay, so let's move on to talk shows. Some bad experiences. I'm, I'm hit or miss. I mean, I could be horrible, or I could be really good. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what's gonna happen. But my first one that I ever did, and you're gonna flip out when I tell you, but Merv Griffin. It was his last season. Wow. I think about Merv Griffin. I think that's like Ed Sullivan shit yeah. now at this point. You <laughs> know, know what I mean? It's, like, it, you were, it, were you on with the Beatles? Like, when they first broke out, out or what? So, <laughs> I mean, that that's pretty amazing to me that you were yes, on Merv Griffin. It, what a great 86, guy. So. 86 is showing off the air. So, oh, they, no, no, it, was be, it was before that. No, it, yeah, was, that's what I'm saying. it was so, Heaven Help Us. It was like 84 I was on. Wow. It was before he was done. So, I'm in 10th grade at that point. You're in. You're really in high school still, or maybe... You're yeah, two I years was, older than me. So yeah, I was probably seventeen. Wow, that's amazing. And Kevin, well, I, there's a couple. The first one was when I did the Tonight Show with Jay Leno. Man, that's the Tonight Show. That's the big stage, right? That's as big as <laughs> it was a big deal. I was fine leading up to it, and then the night before, I was watching the show, and it said tomorrow night, and I saw my picture. And I went into like panicked. I, I was like, I'm literally <laughs> melting down. I didn't sleep a wink. I walked around the whole day outside of my body. And Jay Leno said to me, Kimmy, he heard I was a little bit nervous. And Jay Leno said, you know what, Kevin? As long as you don't act like you're too good to be there, they're going to love you. Don't yeah, pull a yeah. Caruso or something like that. Ooh. He made reference to Caruso. Wow. He took, a, took wow. a shot at Caruso. But he just said, like, if, you know, it's okay to be nervous. Nerves are endearing. Just don't be too good to be there. And he really walked, yeah. walked me through it. So it was a mess. An experience I had. I mean, I, I did Charlie Rose, which at the time he wasn't a sexual predator. But I was with, I was with you. I did it with you. Okay. But I, th I think I did it twice. And I don't think you, because you, me and Piven did it. Correct. Right. So I did it another time. Charlie <laughs> Rose. It was like, I was bringing my dad. This was like a big deal. The guy's on 60 minutes and, and it was just me and him. There was nobody else. So it was like a whole big deal. And his background was just all black, which is very intimidating. You know, you just walk in and it's just this empty black room. And, and he asked me a question in the middle of it. And I heard myself in my head, forget what I was talking about, what he asked me and what was going on. And I started sweating. Almost every time. <laughs> I mean, I've had like that a couple out, times. Out of body where... experience, you're like watching yourself. Yeah. Yes. I remember thinking, wow, looking at Jay Leno's face and thinking how close our faces were. <laughs> I'm like, I feel like our faces feel further apart on TV. I felt like his face was right on top of me. And I was like watching myself talk to my, it was awful. I mean, I got better at it. And also too, like anything else, the audience, man, if you get an audience yeah, yeah. with you, you're off to the races. You right. get off, Get off to a rocky star with a weird story. Most of the time I was okay, but I did sweat out a couple where you just freeze. You, you forget. I, sometimes my head gets ahead of what I'm talking about. Right. Also, too, Dylan, and then you're you can't like, like regroup. I mean, I, I certainly am not. But, Kev, you're like an old school actor. You're not like an audience guy, which is why the show that you were on, like, 
playing for laughs and holding. No, for it would have been good, Kev. The, the problem was that it was this weird. I don't mind that. I love an audience. I, I really do. It gets me fired up. It gives me anxiety. But it was this format. You used to have a weekend and then you would shoot it on that Monday and they reversed it. It was terrible. I mean, it was like getting yeah. a, getting pages at the last possible moment on, on that show. So, you know, you obviously come from somewhat of a, an acting family. And I don't know who else is involved. Obviously, Matt. Was there any nerves in you playing? You have your brother, who's this giant movie star. And in the show, you're playing, you know, the lesser brother. Did you ever have any fears about that? Did people ever give you a hard time about that? Anything? Yeah, a little bit. Did you it know, bother you? It did. It, it did initially. It kind of bothered me. People are going to crisscross the lines yeah. a little bit. Right. And, uh. And I thought maybe that has something to do with why I got the job. I don't know. It might have helped. Zero. Okay. Zero. Well, Nothing to do. Either way, even zero. if it did help, that's yeah. all right. I, I don't, I don't Kev, really I, I was that. with. I was with you. There was part of me that was thinking about the Leo thing. I mean, how could I not? Yeah. Oh, Leo. Yeah. I mean, like, Leo's a big movie star. Leo and I have been running the Oh, back. I got, you, I got you. So, like, yeah, yeah, I was thinking yeah. the same thing that you're thinking. I'm like, is this why they want me in here so mm-hmm. bad? Like, yeah. I don't know. I just didn't yeah. know. I, I, I can, once I, we got going, I never thought about it again. But I think to your point, at first, like, okay, well, you know, I, there, it was. It was a little touchy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can put that to rest. That never happened. And by the way, I, I had never even thought about it with, with you, Kev, but Connolly. But uh, with you, it used to really piss me off because people would ask me questions. And I was always very negative, always like, I don't know where the show's going. I don't know where it's going to go. But what I did know was that you were genius. And I remember I did say in one interview, which could have come off as obnoxious because I love Matt Dillon. And he was like oh, yeah. a hero of mine growing up. But they're like, oh, uh, did you cast him because he's he's the loser brother in real life? I said, let me tell you something. By the time the show's <laughs> over, I said this. I go yeah. to, in an interview. I said, by the time the show's over, Kevin's going to be more famous than Matt, which was, I didn't mean it to slight anybody. Yeah. I was just annoyed that somebody was taking that kind of stance. Mm-hmm. But the only thing that got either of you this job is you were perfect for the job. And, and yeah. obviously that's that's come to fruition. We're talking about our talk show experiences, but like getting yeah. into the, the episode of it. You know, that episode is really interesting because that's the first time anybody else has written any words for these, these characters, you know. So Larry Charles writes that script and that mm-hmm. process was was extremely challenging because trying to get someone who just comes on and I don't even necessarily really know these characters yet, but he's just new to the table. So Larry was writing a bunch of stuff and Larry's amazing. Larry could write a whole script on a cocktail napkin in like a day (laughs) and it's this small and then someone had to transcribe it. But anyway, after a few drafts, I remember Rob Weiss and I get this draft and I swear it got me emotional. Very different than than the actual episode ended up to be. It had drama with this ex-fiance that had broken his heart and he wanted to get back with her and the show was going on and all this stuff. And I, I couldn't even tell you exactly what happened, but it wow. was incredible. But HBO gets a copy of this script. And the next thing I know, they're literally talking about shutting us down. They're really? like, this is not the show we want. <laughs> we want fun. This script's great, by the way. Yeah, yeah, so Larry yeah. wrote a great script. Just, I don't even know. I can't even tell you because I feel, as I said before, I think now the show really still, episode three talk show really comes mm-hmm. into the friends and it, it gives me chills still. I picked the Allman Brothers at the end of that I episode. Love that. But love great that. fucking night at the end of that great episode. It night. gives me chills. Still people you know? ask me to quote that one all the time. Yeah, so. Great fucking night. The drama. The drama. The drama. Man. Great night. Great fucking night. So 
let's just start at the beginning again of that that Klitschko episode where we're really shooting. We have no crowd control. We're basically got you guys with wireless mics. Kevin Connolly, for some bizarre reason, was hurling pieces of paper at... Well, first uh, of all, it was a broken <laughs> off piece of pretzel. Oh, I remember this. I think it, were you trying to hit me? I don't even remember what's happening. It's all in the past. When we would do fun things like that, beers were had. <laughs> some beers were couple had Griffichinos. We had a couple beers. We'll make the excuses after about the couple of beers, but basically, I guess... Kevin throws one of these things. Whoever his whoever his target is, he hits Lennox Lewis in the back <laughs> of the head. Okay, and Lennox Lewis turns and looks at me as I remember it. I'm like, what the hell's going on here? I um, didn't want to hit Lennox Lewis in the head. Oh my! And then um, this woman behind me taps me and she's like, "Hey, Connolly, something uh, you know when you try to get the show shut down." I said, to "Doug." <laughs> Hey, yeah, uh, I think that that lady's mad. He's like, oh, that lady, it's Carolyn Strauss. She's the, she's <laughs> oh the boss of HBO. Oh my God. Yeah, she's going to fire Carolyn every Strauss one of us. Carolyn Strauss created Game of Thrones. She'll yeah. throw everybody. Yeah. She'll fire Klitschko. We love her, too, Carolyn. Carolyn was the best. Carolyn. The best. By the way, that same scene, yeah. Luke Wilson caught a smack from some guy in oh the stands. Oh, my God, that's Remember right. That? Yeah, I, I, Luke Wilson I mean, almost got in a fight. On well, that was, someone slapped that was him, and he went of, back after the guy. And, that was one of the scariest things ever, because we're at the Klitschko fight, and... Uh, where Klitschko is, he's not Russian, Ukrainian, whatever he is, but there is some big uh, Klitschko supporters sitting in the row in oh, front that's of us. What it was. Yeah. And they are yeah. jumping on the seats. And it's me, you, Adrian, Jerry, Kevin, and Luke Wilson. It's us. And there's no security anywhere. And a couple of us have probably bigger mouths than we should, but these were some big, <laughs> all of us, by the way, all of us guys. I never said one word to those dudes. Well, <laughs> I don't know that we said, but we kind of got in a situation. Luke, Luke, I mean, I love the guy, and he was amazing. Luke yeah. definitely was yelled, "Sit down, sit the fuck down, <laughs> sit the fuck down." And they, every single one of them, looked like a killer, and they were big, and they yeah. were getting on their chairs and standing up for no reason because they were front row. Slap Luke. Well, didn't that guy slap Luke? Wilson? Someone slapped Luke. I don't know. Or who like did threw it, but... a haymaker at him and might have nipped him, but like yeah. Luke, he fell back. It was like a yeah. thing, and then I was like, "Oh, great!" And that was the first time we had attempted to do the in the real crowd, using the real crowd, using yeah. that kind of thing and just being yeah. in character with the cameras. And the, the, day one, Luke, we get a, a brawl. And I remember, <laughs> I, Connolly, I remember looking at you, like all of a sudden he tur- those guys turned around. And by the way, for, even if there was two of them and six of us, we were dead. But yeah. there were 12, 12 of them, probably. Yeah, I mean, they were like the Russian mafia, I'm they sure. Were family. I mean, it was an HBO fight. We had good seats. The Klitsch we were in, in the, front of us. We yeah. were in the second row. They were in front of us. But for whatever reason, they had to get on their chairs. So Luke said something. They turned around. The slap did happen. I, I didn't know we were going to talk about that, but the slap did happen. And I remember looking at Connolly like, are we going like, to get involved in this? And like, there was no way. There was not, we'd be dead. Well, I mean, Luke, you know, he's a big guy. And he also, was, too, he, don't he, kid yourself. Luke Wilson. Yeah, he's a tough guy. He, he, Luke he, didn't he, back down at he all. He didn't back down. Back down at all. But, you he know. had a couple in him. I mean, but, you know, <laughs> but I, I kind of looked around and I saw Adrian and, and I was like, all right, you know what? I, this is not a battle. Yeah, already. The Adrian would have been in there. I had to squeeze, sneak him out the back door. There was no, there was absolutely no security to help us either. And yeah. those guys, you could tell those guys were just good to more like just kill you. It wasn't more, you know, just a fight. Yeah, no, that was a bad situation. I totally forgot about that. Yeah, I mean, that, that was pretty And incredible. then also too, and so in that one episode was Klitschko and... Jimmy Kimmel and Jimmy Kimmel and Sarah Silverman and Leighton uh, Meester. The, it's yeah, literally uh, one of our too. best episodes ever. I think. Yeah, I, I mean, I I, I love well, we that episode. Agree. And then we we get that scene, and then we we go back into it where I really do think the show just it takes off from moment one in that kitchen. Mm-hmm. 
Um, we're learning everyone's character. Turtle is yes. just obsessed with getting a free freaking stereo system for the house or yes. home theater. Yes. He has got these girlfriend issues. Drama's got this problem with, with Jimmy Kimmel. So that episode, though, Larry wrote, you know, obviously, I mean, you know, just in process, everything still goes through me and I do write things to make it in my voice as much as possible. Yeah. But Larry ultimately gave us this amazing script, which... When I saw that first cut of the episode, I was like, this show's, we're on our way now. Because it, it felt like a really complete episode of TV. But some of the things, you know, that happened at the time, it's Leno and I think Letterman, I think. or, or wow. Letterman was still around in Leno, but yeah. So Kimmel Jimmy Kimmel is brand new. The line that was in the show, which is, uh, I'm on Kimmel, and, and the girl Kevin, says, let's, Kevin, let's hear it. Jimmy Kimmel? <laughs> <laughs> you know, but Kimmel was not well known. I'm talking about the line where the girl says, you're on Kimmel. Is that like Molly? You know? <laughs> yeah. So the funny thing, too, is uh, he's like, oh, maybe I'll, I'll blow. Don't even blow it up. Just don't show up. <laughs> don't Just don't show up. But first of all, that episode was our real first walk and talk going down the hallway. Yep. And I remember going, how am I going to get a line to Debbie? It was Debbie's first episode yep. as well. And I had to say, hey, uh, me and Kimmel got a problem, so don't bring up my name. And basically, uh, Julian Farino, our director, is like, well, you got to get just get in there. So right. I had to, I got to move bodies out of the way. Go, hey, by the way, don't bring up my name. It could so, be it wasn't such a strong crew. Who'd you elbow out of the way? I had to elbow everyone, even Adrian and whoever. <laughs> I think just he to get tried the to get through me, and he had to go a different <laughs> well, direction. Yeah, I mean, because you're, you're such a wall of a man. <laughs> He flew out of the way. I knocked him out of the frame. There was a behind-the-scenes um, moment in that thing. I just want to jump quickly because yeah. I remember I'm the showrunner. I'm the creator of the show. I'm the big boss, and I, yeah. I needed to get to, to Gary Goldman. I needed a message. So I went to this crew guy who I don't recall who he was, and I was like, hey, do me a favor. Can you walkie Gary Goldman? He goes, who the fuck are you? <laughs> oh, no. Well, I told you. I'm You're like, that's because you look like a fucking nerd walking around with your camera around your arm. Fucking puff your chest out and start mad-dogging people. You look like a tourist. Uh, Connolly didn't Doug like that I carried this, a Doug camera. Doug do, do this thing where you kind of like whip his camera around his back and it just, it just didn't, you just didn't look like let's the just, boss. Let's just go aside on that. I gave everybody Claudette. The most amazing photographer took all these oh, pictures yes. for eight years. No but doubt. I had I had some early ones on, but Kevin would never sit for a fucking picture. This guy was like crazy. Were you, you happy about that Kevin? That Kevin, yes. sorry. Connolly. Yeah. Were you happy with the with the gifts at the end of the show with the picture books? Honestly, yes. it's my greatest memento of entourage. Yeah, she he, did such a good job. And what for people listening, what Doug is talking about, Doug commissioned our still photographer to make us two big, thick it looked like out of Barnes and Noble. I didn't books. get one. I wasn't working that day, Doug. I don't know if you remember me. No, you didn't show up for the. You didn't show up for a rap party or a. Uh, like, that's what it was. It, was yeah, yeah, it could have been that, but yeah. I thought I gave it to you when you came to my house. I have them for you, but they're amazing. Okay, let, let me look around. Anyway, they're amazing. I don't think I ever saw. Awesome. I, I remember seeing it and I just yeah. loved it. But so anyway, back to talk show. We get through Jimmy yeah, Kimmel. So which is, I, I really felt that, that walk down that hallway. That's when I felt this show. That that was our our thing. Our walk and talk with a lot of people talking and. Bodies popping in and out. And in a foreign, like, uncontrollable uh, environment. environment. I felt like that was a really big moment in Entourage. And that's when I absolutely knew this is us. And this is going to be a huge hit. That moment. Yeah. So, well, there was, a, there was a moment where I'd love to get Jerry's perspective on it. But there was a line. Kimmel's green room is what, Kevin? Stocked like a trout pond. <laughs> it's what, yeah, definitely it my... The, but it was at the house. The line was at the house. Tie or no tie? No tie. And what do you know? Where are you guys going? Church? Gotta look nice for the ladies. Vince, come on, we're gonna be late. What ladies? Kimmel's green room. 
Fear it's stock like a trout pond. <laughs> Let's talk about how it goes. Okay. You get a script. You get the script. We got this line in it that that honestly. I never questioned it. Yeah. Though. I mean, it's Jerry's we were, line. We were, we were like doing our walkthrough. We were doing yeah. our rehearsal. Mm-hmm. We were sitting with our side, just kind of going through it, kind of talking our way through. It's when Vince comes down with the two shirts. <laughs> I love yeah. that too. But I, I just know that black you were like, hey, I uh, want you to say this line. So you know what? I think, tell me if I'm wrong. I think I'm going to sell you out here. I think Connolly told me it feels I, like a drama line, I, and I, I changed it. Well, Dylan said it. We were laughing, and <laughs> but also too, you got to understand. But when, the later you get in the show, it's not a big deal. But you know, episode three of the show, right? You know, well, like your jokes jokingly. are your jokes. I mean, I had no jokes ever, but you know, at, you know for these guys, <laughs> you know, like at the time, it, it was a little more. I, I think the season five, it's not even a conversation. It's like whatever. But at yeah. the time. Jerry took it well. He was like, yeah, He did okay, take it well. Whatever. And to be yeah, honest whatever. with you, I think he could have done just as well. I mean, he could you know have delivered that line. Like but the, 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 truth, the truth I, is. I didn't like taking it. Because you guys I, gave it to I, me. I, I, it was a real drama line. And, yeah. and I do think Connolly definitely jumped in there, as he often did. Connolly yes. would be kind of like the. Uh, the he was second, the, doing second unit directing yeah, on every episode. Yeah, or third ADing. It depends <laughs> how you really want to want to play it. But I would go into the day and be like, yo, I got to talk to Dylan about this line that he had. I'd be like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yo, Dylan, once you get one in the can, I just want you to try it. Mike. Yeah, yeah. Well, when you were directing, uh, you would do it. All right, do it your way. And for me, just do that. Yeah. And I would. Yeah. You would be like, that's why I love the freebies. That was kind of my thing, I yeah. believe. And yeah. I was like, Doug, once you got one that you really like, give right. me a freebie. Yep. And I'll just have fun with it. I love the and freebies. And often those freebies were the ones yeah, for you sure. because you feel loose. You got one in the can and now you could just go nuts. Yeah. Well, that's what I always say. And that's why, you know, for again, for any actors out there, one of the worst things you can do is not be willing to try different ways as yeah. a actor, director, writer, whatever it is. It's like, because you never know what you're going to get. And some of the best moments in the eight years of the show came out on the spot. Yes. And whether but the it, thing you need for that is trust. Yep. And without that, because otherwise you're putting your butt on the line. You want right. to make sure that you can trust the director or the showrunner in your case. So I remember one thing I heard from you over and over again, Kevin, trust me on this. Trust me. I, I got you. And you did. You did. And Kevin, you too. I had a lot of trust for you when you were directing. You brought up something that I really want to discuss now, which don't get sensitive about. Let's just let it go because it's a great fucking story. Really okay. great story. Okay. So I want you to picture this. The Entourage movie is now going. I've learned on my show that I can write a 50-page script and I can turn it into a half an hour because I know how fast it's going to move. Snappy dialogue. Snappy dialogue. But normally, just so everyone knows, it's usually a minute of script. That's kind of how people... So if you're trying to make a half-hour show, you don't want a 50-page script. Okay, We're 20 pages over. But the scripts were getting longer and longer. The Entourage movie, which came in at like 99 minutes, I think, was... 158-page script. I remember. So I was driven crazy by Warner Brothers going, you can't shoot this many pages. I'm like, guys, trust me, trust me. But my neuroses, which often happened in the pilot, it happened. The whole dog thing was cut out and brought back 15 times, which would kill me if that wasn't in the pilot when I watch it now. Arnold 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 was gone. I'm like, this is not a story driving moment, but really what that was solidified. You guys in the window, turtle in the in the mm-hmm. ranger stuff, the dog attacking, show me these are crazy motherfuckers in Los Angeles. And it was great. It almost didn't make it. Same thing happens. So what happens is, and I'm so stressed, I'm so exhausted. I keep getting these notes that the script is so long. So the easiest thing to do is just remove a storyline. Oh, okay? I know you so I know where I, you're going. I, I literally, you're going. which believe me. 
it never was going to end up like this. It was just like a momentary thing. But I just take out drama's storyline for the movie and 45 pages quickly evaporates. But there's one problem. I'm going to dinner that night with Jerry and his soon-to-be wife, Kevin Dillon, Baron Davis, yeah. and his wife, and we're going to Giorgio's. Now, Giorgio's, we never, I don't think, ended up shooting. And I didn't know Baron was going to be there. It's not very didn't know cinematic. And by the way, Kevin Dillon didn't notice Baron was there for the first 25 minutes because no. he was busy screaming at me, which was great. But, <laughs> but so anyway, let me set the scene because Bono, this is a small restaurant. Bono's like eight tables over. Steven Spielberg is eight tables over. I didn't notice, I didn't notice I mean, anyone. You can you cannot talk without everyone hearing you. And I'm all excited. This is this nice dinner. Baron Davis, by the way, is not only a huge Entourage fan, he is a huge Johnny Drama fan. Like, he's excited. And a great guy. You know? So and I'm a fan of his. I'm a big Nick fan, so. So now Dylan walks into Giorgio's for dinner with his thinned out script that 45 pages has been removed. Slapping it on the table. So go for it. You gutted me, bro. You (laughs) gutted me. me. (laughs) You literally started yelling at me that I gutted him. I took his character. Yeah, I did. I absolutely did. Uh, Yeah. But. Kevin, when in doubt, why don't you give me some of E's lines? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, give me some of anyone's lines. Yeah. Can I give you the best line, though? Yes. I mean, Kevin goes, you got Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen, and you put Pippen on the bench, okay? Yeah. And Baron Davis, <laughs> he doesn't know that Baron Davis, he hasn't connected the dots. He doesn't know Baron Davis is there. But then Jerry goes, who am I, Steve Kerr? And Kevin goes, Stay out of it. <laughs> so, by the way, I'm may, not, that may have happened. I'm not. By the way, I'm not even. Ups- I, was, I was a little fired. You up. stay out of I, it. <laughs> I am not even upset at all. I was fired up, dude. I'm not even upset at all because yeah, well, Jerry had a nice storyline. So, I'll, hey, you don't have nothing to say. Hey, listen, you. Uh, we're a, quiet when we're talking yeah. about storylines right now. But yeah, but, he had a really nice storyline. At that stage with Rihanna and all that, I'm not even upset at this because I've already determined within a minute and a half. Am I crazy? Crazy. He's right. Like as 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 nuts as the scene was, I'm like he's right. But Baron Davis is laughing so hard because he almost thinks this is like a bit. He's not sure that this is really happening, <laughs> and he's laughing, laughing. And I see that Kevin. He's not really acknowledging. I her. haven't even looked. Well, over he's there. locked in on you, bro. He's, oh, he's got eyes for yeah. you I and only in you. My eyes. And we are huge Nick fans, huge yes. Baron Davis fans. Yes. But Kevin, which is what's great about Kevin and why he's amazing. He's focused, he's laser focused, and he's locked, and he's locked on me, and nobody else is going to stop him, and he's going to get to say, and by the way, as I remembered, I might be exaggerating, we've already ordered appetizers have come, we've already eaten them, and the main course coming, and Kevin is still ripping into me, (laughs) so... I go with Baron laughing and me going, uh, Kevin probably thinks, why is this guy here laughing, but he hasn't looked at him once, and I say, Kev, I just want you to know. I understand what you're saying and you're right. I appreciate it. But it's tone and content and how we talk about things. Like this guy right here was one of the worst fucking foul shooters I've ever seen. He could shoot a three-pointer better than the foul (laughs) shot. But if I'm coaching him and I say something like this, and I just remember Kevin. You're just trying to diffuse it. it, But Kevin turns and sees that it's Baron. Do you remember this? Yeah, I do. I was like... Baron Davis. Hey, what's up, bro? <laughs> into, just like with, I'm a fan of like, Kevin, all of his anger. He said, it, you, you Baron Davis, bro? <laughs> no, I didn't even, I, I knew it was Baron. Yeah, you're like, Baron yeah. Davis, bro. Like, yeah. You're like, oh shit. <laughs> Kevin, all of his anger was gone. I said, Kevin, script goes back the way it was tomorrow. We're going to figure out how we're going to shoot 175 You didn't pages. say it goes back the way. He said, we're going to figure it out. 
It went back. Yes. It went back. It I'd never leave Thank you God. And I, by the way, by the way, it's a better movie for it. Also, too. And you know what, Kev? That's what the part of the thing, too. And I remember Doug saying, I don't know. I just I didn't realize it. It wasn't like an intentional thing. It just sort of happened. I didn't when he the minute you said that. But if you didn't go to him yeah. and say, yo, but by the, no, no. So the squeaky wheel gets the oil. Not, Every one of us battled a little bit. With each well, one of them. Conley, we can talk about our golf fight because, you know, there's golf in this episode, which uh, is one of my favorite moments in the history of the show when Turtle smashes the golf cart into you guys. It's so unexpected. It, at the time, we got invited, and as big hockey fans, we got invited to play golf with Wayne Gretzky oh, yeah. at Sherwood Country Club, one of the great golf courses in the world. And I was not a golfer, I didn't grow up wealthy like these two. I so. <laughs> I had never I'd played golf one or two times. Whatever, whatever, whatever. Yeah, I play whatever. a lot of golf, but I I snuck on golf courses. Yeah, I was no, a member anyway. No, I know. But anyway, I didn't grow up playing golf at all. So we go Neither did I. So stop insinuating. <laughs> so it was the four the, the foursome was the three of us and Wayne. Right. Yeah, no, we we made it a five. Some oh, okay, and Jerry was a, there. Yeah, Jerry. They made a you know exception for us, and it was the four yeah. of us and Gretz. But by yeah. the way, anyone who thinks we're off topic right now, that we're going to get to a place where Adrian has to peel me off of Kevin Connolly and Masters because I have him by the throat over I wish this I was golf there game. To see that one. over this golf game. So what happens is we go out. I've never played golf on a golf course, never. So I go take a couple of lessons because it's Wayne Gretzky who's like my idol. I grew up like you know obsessed with this guy, and I don't one. I don't want to look stupid. I go out, I take a couple of golf lessons. The guy says, you have a very natural swing. What can I tell you? What can I tell you? Who said that? <laughs> I didn't hear that. <laughs> it might have been George Gagas. I have to remember if it was. But anyway, he says, I, I got a natural swing and I feel good. I go out to Sherwood Country Club and it is a nightmare. I am spraying balls here. It's a hard course. I am spraying balls there. I don't, thanks, Kevin. But I'm, I'm losing balls everywhere. And Kevin Dillon is like a golfer. And he, he, everyone's chumming up with Wayne. And I'm like being left out of everything because I suck. And Gretzky's actually making comments like, don't get nervous because there's like a five-time MVP watching. You know, so it's get, it's getting worse. I shot a 78 that day. Wayne shot a 77 and beat me by a stroke. On, I bogeyed 18. Great I did day. not keep a card. You you had a, you on number right. ten. The worst Kevin Connolly had an well, eagle. This is the on story. Well, what does Kevin Connolly do? Which is the worst. And by the way, he's he's he, a terrible golfer. He holds out his second shot on a par four from about 150 yards. That with was Wayne, 110, 12 yards. Wayne Gretzky okay. pulling one in, one the flag. In the cup. One yeah. and one and in. Yes, if a you bounce want, and boom. If you want to talk about ruining Wayne my day, oh, Wayne signs the ball. <laughs> he signed the ball. Everyone's in but me now. And he oh, signed He signed yeah, a, yeah. a bottle of his wine for me, and it says, the best athlete on Entourage. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I have a moment. I also am a fan of Gretzky. I have a moment where... I look to my friends to be happy for me that I hit the shot. <laughs> now he's turning this <laughs> into me being a Dylan's hater. halfway jealous because, you know, he's a real golfer. And probably I was jealous. I was psyched for you, bro. Yeah, I didn't feel that. Doug. <laughs> well, Doug. you know what? Because I, I bogeyed that hole. I, I, I hooked it into the left woods there. So I was just thinking about my own issues. So we go to the next hole. We go to 11. And I'm hitting first. And as I tee it up, <laughs> Gretzky, like, steps out. And he's looking at his bag. And I fucking shank one into the bushes and I quickly tee up another ball before he can see it because I didn't want to follow that to be my follow-up shot and Doug is like hey did you see that Wayne <laughs> Connolly just fucking shanked one into the fuck and I was like Doug shut the fuck up right so so now Doug and wow. I are kind of like I at each other right I didn't but by even the way, notice that this is why ever. Kevin's a brilliant storyteller because 75% of that true but the, the part where like <laughs> you know he likes to be happy for his friends 
He's abusing me the whole day in front of Wayne. Did you not say that to Wayne Gretzky? I 100% said that to Wayne Gretzky. (laughs) But what you've left. 75%. You 100%. I said 100%. I didn't say 1,000%. A million percent I said that to Wayne. What he's left out is him and Wayne are making fun of me together. And do you have nerve wracking when you're not a golfer to have Wayne Gretzky there and this jerk off is fucking (laughs) yelling shit at you? So anyway, that happened, but it gets worse. So a few days later, Adrian and I are meeting Doug and another writer, Allie, at Mastro's just to kind of talk about our season story. Okay. <laughs> and at some point during that, the golf thing comes up. There's no at some oh, point. No. Connolly is desperate to bring up his fucking 120 pound hole out. He wants, <laughs> he wants to talk about it no matter where we are, which is fine, by the way. That's great. But then he's talking about my golf game. I'm like, Kevin. I'm like, I you're play- never going to be good, Doug. It just, it's just <laughs> not getting the cards. And by the way, this is how guys like us are, because I have, I have a Mark Wahlberg ping pong story where he threw a racket at my head. And if he denies it, I'll swear on my life because it happened. Mark threw it at your head? Threw it at my head. You know, you, know? The, you know the spiral staircase, Dylan, at Mastro's? Like, when you're up top? <laughs> yeah, and yeah, you yeah. You go and there's that blown glass. That's where the neck thing. So Doug was in front of me, right? He was, like, walking down the stairs in front of me, and I, like, whispered into his ear. I'm like, never. You're never going to be good. Or something like that, right? <laughs> After a very tense dinner. And he turned around, and he fucking grabbed me by the <laughs> wow. throat. As hard, I mean, he lifted me off. He was <laughs> lifting me off the fucking ground, right? We get in the car, and now I'm driving. So wait, home. I mean, how did that diffuse? We, we though, fucking I mean, the cars came. We got in the car and drove away. But you just you let go, and then yeah, uh, he, I, I mean, he, he didn't want to go to jail for murder, so yeah, he had to let me I go. Think Adrian like half stepped in. Oh, yeah, you know? bare, oh, yeah exactly. God. Adrian, or you know, whatever. Adrian fought get, you guys. We get off in our car. Time. We get in our cars, and Doug calls me and says. I'd like to apologize for my part. <laughs> By the you're way, and you're like, what did really? I do? By the way, you're I just, I had just, I had just started therapy, like marriage therapy. And they were telling me that you really, oh, the first God, thing you have to say is you fun. apologize for your part. Connolly wasn't given, there was none of his part. He had nothing to do with it, but I'm I'd like, I'd like to apologize for my part. That is <laughs> like, what, what is there oh, another part magic. that I don't know? About? So let's get back to three and give me, give me any last thoughts you have on that. Well, you know, we, we finally get into the green room. I had a great team with Debbie Mazur, who's a great friend. I and worked that was with her on the first doors. Episode, right? I worked with her on That's Life, and that was her first episode. Great scene in there, and and that's when I get called out by Kimmel, and that was that was a, a great moment. Yeah, it just gives Johnny drama. Like you just you yeah. love him and you yeah. root for him and you, and you feel it. And when he walks out on that stage, he almost does a pre victory before yeah. victory is even a thing. Early yeah. victory. Because I go out and I do. One of these things, yeah. you know. Anyway, this was this was fun, man. It's getting easier and fun, and yeah, it's, it's always it's always great seeing you guys. So that'll do it for uh, Victory the podcast. I'm Doug Ellen at Mr. Doug Ellen, Kevin Dillon at Kevin Dillon Official. Victory, bam. <laughs> <laughs>